0: Groundbreakers from 4constructionpros.com, the podcast that highlights the innovative equipment, technology, companies, and individuals that are breaking new ground in the construction industry. My name is Becky Schultz, editor of Equipment Today, and in this episode, Michael Zell and Michelle Tinsley, co founders of Yellowbird, share how their Uber like digital platform matches qualified environmental health and safety professionals seeking employment with construction companies seeking safety expertise for their job sites, and only for however long they need them. Let's get the scoop with Michael and Michelle now. Well, thank you again, Michael and Michelle, for joining me for this podcast interview. I'm really excited to learn more about your company and the services you offer. But first, can you kind of share some background on how Yellowbird came about and what is the premise behind this company?
1: Sure. Um, I'll take this one, Michelle. So uh, Michael Zal. So I'm uh, the original founder until I was fortunate enough to find a co-founder that uh, could help me uh, uh, launch and build this company, um, which I did find in Michelle, and you'll get to meet her in a moment. Uh, The background behind um, Yellowbird is I was literally driving in an Uber and the gentleman that was uh, driving me was far overqualified to be an Uber driver. He was a retired military officer, very high ranking from a foreign uh, military. And he, I asked him, you know, he's very, very good at what he did. And I asked him, why, you know, why did you, why did you decide to become an Uber driver? You know, I mean, I I assume pension and other things that you'd saved up over the years. I, I guess I'm making a broad assumption there, but he seemed very, he didn't seem like he was working for working for the money as, as the saying goes. Um, and he said he wanted to keep contributing and he wanted to, to be part of the community and he loved the flexibility of, of driving for Uber. And I come from a background that is very environmental health and safety driven, um, satellite communications and high risk environments. And I started thinking about the number of conversations I had with people who would ask me, Hey, do you know anybody that does X, Y, Z? And so the foundations of Yellowbird was me thinking, what if we created a way for professionals to make themselves available to share their knowledge and skills and uh, capabilities and backgrounds on demand in kind of this gig economy environment that seems to be catching some fire right now? And um, I, I was just intrigued by the concept, and to be honest, I was a little haunted by the concept. It floated in. <laughs> it floated in my head for for quite a while before I, I, I said, you know, I, I have to do something with this because I'm thinking about it all the time. So that was kind okay. of the, the beginning.
0: Okay. Sure. Yeah. And Michelle, how did you become involved in this project?
2: Sure. So I had a very long background career at Intel, a big company, 26 years and a variety of jobs and functions. I then left to start my own consulting business and ended up working with a lot of startups. And what I started realizing was, my skills were very applicable in that realm. Um, but if I was going to go be a leader or a founder with a startup, I needed to make sure it was somebody I could really trust and work with well and really build something that was going to shift the world. Um, do some good you know, versus uh, a lot of PowerPoint that as a consultant I could get paid, but that's not really rewarding. Um, then I ran into Michael and his idea and I went, my God, that's awesome. You know, (laughs) and he was a wonderful person to work with as well. So I Mm -hmm. thought, okay, I think we found our match and I can truly believe in this business. The, I guess, 26 years in corporate at Intel really trained me on the importance of safety and how a a company with a strong culture, you know, is kind of lucky. But unfortunately a lot of small, mid-sized businesses felt like they couldn't afford that, um, that what we're doing here is really equalizing that and making safety more accessible.
0: That, that is really a worthwhile effort from, from my standpoint. So talk about how the digital platform came about. How was that developed sure. and how, how does it work?
1: Sure. So um, we actually went through a venture builder initially here in town. And a venture builder, for those who are unfamiliar, um, they do various things. But this particular one followed a methodology that Michelle and I both believe in, which is the lean startup methodology. It was very popular a few years back. But... The whole concept is to create a minimum viable product, an MVP, to prove and or test a theory. And our theory was that if we made available an easy way for companies to source um, subject matter experts, that they would be willing to pay for it. And that subject matter experts, if we made it easy for them to find consulting opportunities on their terms, that they'd be willing to sign up. And it, it was simply that, that was our whole ambition initially. And so what you do in an MVP and is we did a lot of things manually. It looked, it looked automated on the back end, but we created a website that um, gave people the ability to fill out a request. And we gave people the ability to fill out their information on their background. And we manually in the background uh, started matching folks. And once that started working, we recruited a very uh, senior leader for as a chief product officer, And he helped us take our mvp our minimum viable product from concept um uh, kind of for lack of a better term maybe a little bit of duct tape and glue uh to actually building a a strong foundational infrastructure his background is a an ebay product manager and then he went into amazon Um, he uh, worked at intel at one point early in his career he's a he's a seasoned product tech product guy and so our ambition was to scale this very rapidly, and in order to do that, we had to go away from the all the parts doing separate things, none of them talking to each other, to a centralized tech platform. And uh, we did it through nearshoring. Um, we have a couple of programmers internal, and then we have several programmers external um, through, uh, and we call it nearshoring. It's a you know we're using uh, labor on the same time zone uh, south of the border and i um, very pleased with the results that we've achieved so far.
0: That's great, So, so talk, maybe Michelle, you can talk us through how the platform works and how someone would be able to use it.
2: Yeah, so it literally just starts from our website. We try to understand what persona is coming to us. Is it a company looking to hire somebody for work or is it a professional looking to do the work? Um, so we, we have spots for that on each, each camp of persona on our website. Once they click on signing up, it takes them to our actual platform that's hosted in the cloud. Um, and for the companies, it's a very simple sign up. We just need a little bit of information and their contact information. Um, and as a company, they are then signed up. There's no fees for them to sign up. It does mean they're now part of our marketing ecosystem and we will have our sales team follow up to see what would a first engagement look like for them? What are their most urgent needs? What are the things they would like to try us out on? And we also have to share with them, kind of here are the top five to 10 use cases we've seen from customers like them. On the professional side, after the signup, what we do is we have them upload their certifications and their experience, their resume, share more about themselves. It's a more detailed process. Our professionals actually go through four steps of vetting. Um, to make sure that they're really the quality um, engagement kind of clientele that we wanna have on our platform. After they've kind of given us this information, we do a 15 minute interview with them to learn more about them as a person, to really understand the whole professional, not just their certs and their experience, but also are there things they're passionate about? Are there things they wanna learn or try to do in the future? You know, What direction do they see their career headed? We're seeing camps of professionals that kind of One camp is the folks that are already employed, but they just want to do gig work on nights and weekends in their own time. We see one camp is they already own their own safety consulting business, but they see us as augmenting the volume that they're getting through that. And then we see one camp, which is the I'm unemployed due to the recession with COVID, and I'm looking for my next thing. It could be gig work. It could be long-term. And some of our gigs are quite long. Um, So our longest gig to date has been nine months. Um, So that's full time for nine months, very good earning income. Um, Honestly, we've seen some gigs six, nine months or longer that pay at an annual rate. Um, So it's kind of worth it for them to take it and maybe have a few months in between engagements. Um, So once we learn more about that professional, they've uploaded all their information, we send them to an orientation. These are all done virtually. Um, and after the orientation, we then do a nationwide digital background check as well as have them upload information to get them financially onboarded so that when they do their first job, we can pay them very quickly.
0: Okay. So it sounds like you really do go through a very stringent process to vet these people and make sure that oh, yeah. they have the qualifications that are necessary to make sure that they can do the job efficiently.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh,
0: so what is the scope of your operation so far. Um, how how many people are on board at this point um, so and, to I'll, be able to provide services?
1: Sure, I'll answer that one. Um, so and and it, it honestly, as you ask the question, the numbers are changing. So <laughs> keep that keep that. I mean, it's a it's a tech p- platform, and so right. You know, we don't see it all all day long, um, but I'll give you approximations. Okay. So we are in forty eight states across the country. Um, we have a uh, presence everywhere from the Northeast to the Southwest and everywhere in between, um, which is great. We have pockets that are very, very hot being uh, in Texas, California, Phoenix, uh, the Northeast. Um, so we, we do have hotter pockets, but we really, we have people all over uh, from a, from a depth and breadth perspective. We have roughly 400 people, you know, again, it's, it's varying that we consider to be match ready. And okay. that means that they've gone through that full gamut of um, evaluation, interviewing, financial onboarding. Uh, they, it's, it's quite extensive, but it's not, it's not daunting. Um, it, it can take a, a week or two or three and that's okay because once they're match ready, they're, they're ready. And then they right. can, whenever the opportunity comes up, they can go on. We have roughly 1500 people at some stage of the uh, pre, um, pre-match ready stage. And that can be folks who have just filled out the form and are waiting to um, update their information further, or are just um, have scheduled the final orientation, which we require to uh, make sure that they're familiar with the, you know, do's and don'ts. Um, And the most important aspect of all of this is that they understand that they are um, going to be receiving some benefit from our program, including uh, the insurance um, that we provide. We actually insure these professionals when they go out. Um, so they have uh, several forms of insurance that they receive. And so that's uh, for us, what we've, the my belief and our belief as a company is People who have the ability to build a consulting firm often have a better liquidity. They've got better financial standings. They're willing to take that risk. And so it's not equal for everybody to get your own insurance and to go and incorporate and to figure all this out. That's why a lot of people don't become consultants because it's just right. they, they, don't, they can't do it. And so we're, we're taking that on and it's a great equalizer for all, all forms of people all types of people from all walks of life. And so that's something we're very proud of is, and that was the reason why we wanted to make sure that we leveled the playing field for everybody involved.
0: That's great. I I think that it sounds like a great um, type of platform, a great type of um, mantra in terms of, of your determination to make sure that everybody has an equal opportunity. Now I'd like to kind of flip this to the people that are utilizing the service. Um, our audience is, you know, the construction contractors, and some of these uh-huh. companies are huge companies who can afford to have their own EHS professionals on on staff, but a lot of them either don't have those resources to be able to have someone on full-time or maybe are spread a little thin on projects. Yes. So can you talk about how this service can help them? How would they even get started using it first of, up?
2: Well, what we've seen is um, a lot of these construction firms leading with something that's low risk, like I need a specialty training course on trenching or rigging or Um, Lockout tag out electrical hot work, but they don't have one of their own employees ready to go at that location to go teach it, we can be a local execution force for them. We again with 400 pros and growing have a huge reach in terms of being able to quickly offer those types of courses in an affordable manner. Um, Can you find something cheaper via DVD probably, but we know that in person and in some cases, even in a different language like Spanish they'd like to deliver this content and really get it being a Q&A to really make it that it's done right. Um, so that's kind of been the low, quick and easy is, is through some of those uh, construction trainings. But we've also seen them bring us in as like a mock OSHA audit, where they want us to come look at the work site, have a fresh pair of eyes. We have no stake in the game. Um, we're not aligned to any one specific you know, a stakeholder or subcon. Um, But we're looking at this and saying, how does a whole worksite come together? What kind of issues or risks do we see um, to that worksite? And, And making recommendations that can then be followed up on to make the workplace safer. So those are kind of the top two starter ones. But honestly, what we've gotten to with some of the construction jobs is, even with very large nationwide companies, having people staffed for six to nine months. Because in that particular job, in that particular location, they didn't have somebody that could cover for six months as a safety manager, as they had an employee go out on maternity, or they had somebody um, who didn't get along with the unions at that site, and they need to remove them from the situation, but they can't do the work without site safety management. So they call Yellowbird and say, within a week, I need somebody there so that we can keep the construction project moving ahead. And it's got to have all this variety of experience, but also someone who can, for instance, be great in working with unions. And so we can serve up that kind of highly unique individual. And have that be more of a long-term staffing play.
0: Great. So, if I were a contractor looking to um, enlist your service, is it an online application? Yep. Is it calling yep. you up? How how is that process it's, handled?
1: Uh, it's quite easy, actually. Um, in fact, we're off, we're often told that it's the <laughs> it was almost too easy, uh, which is which is perfectly fine by me. I don't mind that we've removed enough. I mean. It's a total tech term, but removed enough friction. But sometimes people make it too hard to buy. And we're trying really hard. If somebody really needs a safety professional, all they have to do is go to goyellowbird.com. It's G-O, yellowbird.com. And um, you choose that you're a company looking to hire a professional. And you fill out, honestly, it's one or two pages. And that's it. Uh, so after you, after you register as a company, then you have a dashboard and you can click on the um, open a job. Even opening a job does not mean that you're committing to pay for it yet. Uh, what you're doing is you're saying, "I need somebody." And I'll give you a good example. Um, this is the again. I'm I'm more of an equality kind of a guy. I, I I I get I thrive off of that opening up opportunities for those who, who may not be able to compete at times. And so I like the concept of a small contractor, a subcontractor, maybe who wants to do some work outside the outside of their geo or outside of their specialty. And so they're focused on trying to figure out how they can perform. And one of the performing requirements in most circumstances is having a dedicated safety person. And so they can, they no longer have to say no when they want to bid on something or feel like they are maybe stretching their capabilities a little more because their superintendent is also their safety person. Right. Right. And so I think we all have been there where we go, well, you know, hey, hey, go take this OSHA 10 course. Now you're also our safety lead. Well, you're met, and that does happen. Let's be honest; it it happens a lot because they're trying. It's a lowest bid world, and they're saying, "Well, I can't hire a full time safety person for, for you know, what am I going to do when this you know six month deal is over? I don't want to fire this person," and so we're also very helpful for that. So that being said, so they'd go on, they'd create a job, and it would be an on site safety. Well, just say safety manager for job X Y Z from date A to date Z. And um, and from there, uh, they'll get a confirmation. We'll do all the heavy lifting and tell them uh, when they have a match. They'll get a, an email and a text message. And there they go.
0: That's pretty impressive. It sounds very simple to use. And from the type of vetting that you do with these safety professionals, it sounds like um, the sh- contractor should really have reassurances in place that they're getting the qualifications that they need for these particular projects. The
2: other Absolutely. thing we've had is kind of an auxiliary benefit that our customers have told us they, they value is that we are on some of the bigger um, platforms for the construction industry like Avetta, where we're pre-qualified already as an Avetta supplier. So we're already in that tent. Now all we'd have to do is a Delta certification to whatever that company is requiring. Um, but they've seen that yes in the past our supplier procurement team gets mad at us because we want to hire the person i know my friend but it comes off as a one-off small contractor now they're onboarding yellowbird and again they get nationwide reach at say 10 20 15 job locations with one onboarding Um, and so they look at that and say it's much more efficient for them just become a yellowbird pro and we'll hire you through that because now we know you already meet the professional liability insurance requirements the occupational accident coverage which is like workman's comp. Um, and we know that again, the the contractual terms are covered. So it just makes it kind of slick for everybody.
0: Yeah, it really does sound like it. And I, I think the thing that comes to my mind is, you know, you're looking at uh, these companies, they're, they're, uh, there are obvious benefits from everything that you're you're describing. Are there other specific advantages that can help a, con- a construction company say, yeah, this really makes sense to me to use Yellowbird as opposed to uh, maybe bringing somebody on board full-time or mm-hmm. or even half-time um, permanently on their projects.
1: So construction is notorious with surge demand and the the world right now, given the community of COVID and given the complexity of what the world's going to look like over the next 9, 12, 18, 24 months, we like this model. And we've heard that our customers like this model because you don't have the obligations that you have. And if you're a a morally just person, when you don't hire somebody for a project, you hire them for hopefully a career. But let's be honest, when you hire somebody, you hope that you have enough work for them. Long term in, in, right. and unser- in an uncertain world, aligning your supply chain to your revenue stream is critically important. And so I think the main benefit, if I were looking at this as a construction company um, and we're, we are, and we save people money, but let's just say that it was equal dollars. Okay. For every dollar that you spend, you could have had a full-time employee. Okay. Even if it were equal dollars, you know that you can stop it whenever you need to. And that is sometimes the most painful part about uh, running a construction or small subcontracting company is how do I surge up and then how do I reduce when I need to? Um, and, sure. and in, in, in business, that's, that's business. I mean, you, you scale up and then unfortunately, or fortunately, depending upon who you are, you, you also say, okay, well, we're going we're gonna to keep our resources exactly as they are because we've saved for a rainy day which affects your profitability, but they don't fire anybody. They don't fire anybody, but it's like, okay, well, now I'm way over-resourced, which is nobody likes that. Um, Or the other side of the equation, or they don't hire people that they need, and now they're in a bad situation, and they have to scramble quickly. And scrambling quickly is also something we can help them with. Okay. (laughs) I get, you know, I got an OSHA letter saying that uh, we're getting an inspection on Tuesday, and I don't have anybody to go out there and represent us.
0: That would be problematic. <laughs> yep.
1: but they could solve it with Yelbert, Right. Honestly, I mean, they really okay. could. That, that's a that's a good that's a good example of, okay, we got we because, unfortunately, OSHA and I wish it weren't this circumstance, but OSHA is used as a weapon a lot, where whistleblowers and ex-employees and stuff. Even if you're doing the right things, you'll often get a letter that somebody complained that you didn't meet X, Y, Z standard, and you need to show that you're taking best efforts. And one of the things that you can do to show you're taking best efforts is bring on somebody to help you to show, look, I am, I'm, I'm acting in a proper way and I'm doing what's necessary. And I don't know what this person's talking about because here's a professional we have here that is here to help us. Um, You know make sure that we are in compliance
0: right right yeah you know i mean the thing that i feel talking with both of you is that this really sounds like quite a win-win for both people that are providing the services in the field for the construction companies but also the construction companies because they're able to fill a need Is there anything more that you'd like to share about (laughs) the technology or the platform that we haven't already covered that can help maybe um, either explain what the service really does offer in terms of benefits or what the opportunities
3: are? Is there anything else that you'd like to share that we haven't already covered?
1: Michelle, why don't you, do you have anything?
3: Yeah, I think what I would add is um, we do try to also kind of build the network Um, So, again, for those 400 professionals across the US, we're doing two times a quarter virtual happy hours where they get to meet each other. Um, And a lot of times they're saying, man, I thought I was the only one at my company, you know, it's been hard with COVID to really get to know other professionals, ask questions, get guidance. Um, so they're, they're coming to us and saying, I want to, you know, we call it the birds of a feather, you know, that are flocking together, but, <laughs> but basically great. here, you know, different stories and for, you know, some of the people newer to the industry meet some of these more experienced folks and get some advice. So that's kind of a, just a free benefit that comes with being part of the platform. Um, we have in unique cases, again, it's a one-off right now. It's not structured yet, but gave, gave pros feedback on their resumes um some of these folks are technically exquisite but they're not great at marketing themselves and so how do you you know really draw out those skills and attributes that make them a unique individual that call out the amazing experiences they've had Um, obviously with the platform what we're doing over time is it's ever-changing every two weeks we're getting a new release out there so what you see today could be very different three months six months from now we will be integrating in things like ai based um, initial match where our employees will then just be reviewing the matches that are coming out. Um, but by doing that, we need to expose more and more data about their backgrounds and their resumes and kind of digitize that. So, you know, where we're going in the future is we look at, we will hopefully be the resource for the industry. Um, you know, even information on like, what were the top 10, you know, things that were hired out for? What kind of are the up and coming skills and emerging skills if I'm new to the profession? and I wanna go get three or five more certs or do different types of experiences, which ones would you recommend based on what the customers are asking for? We'll have that kind of data.
0: Great, so again, sounds like a real win-win scenario for both sides. So Michael, Michelle, I really thank you for joining us. I think that this has been great information, lots of um, interesting insights about the company and what um, the, the capabilities are. So I really appreciate you taking the time today. Well, that's all the time we have today. Thank you to our guests, Michael Zell and Michelle Tinsley at Yellowbird for joining us. Tune in every week for another episode of the Groundbreakers podcast by 4 Be sure to subscribe and share as we break more new ground together. Until next time.